Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back, to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy. It's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. All right. I am here with my friend, Clara. She is a relationship and dating coach. And actually her and I just connected not that long ago. We joined the same mastermind together, the same business mastermind. And we just were in Arizona. And I just think her message and what she does is so amazing. And I wanted to bring her on. Obviously me, you guys know I'm single. I'm 35. I'm so curious and interested to sort of pick her brain, but um, she just has this really beautiful way of of approaching dating and relationships. So I wanted to have her on to ask her questions. So Clara, thank you for coming on the Crying Burns Calories podcast. Tell everybody who you are, what you do. Yeah, gosh, you are so welcome. I feel like even as we were messaging earlier, I always want to jump in and be like, you're so great. You're such a delight. <laughs> well, <laughs> first turn it back on me. Um, and yeah, share what I do. So I am a conscious dating and relationships coach. I use the word conscious because I think there is so much that is unconscious around how we date and pursue partnership these days. And, you know, I didn't know your exact age, Katie, before we hopped on, but I say that I work with women who are 35 ish, although my current client load, you know, sweeps from 32 ish to 52 ish and anywhere in between. But I, I really specialize and thrive in working with women who have reached a point in their life where their, their life is full. Their life is rich. Doesn't mean it's perfect, but they have a pretty solid sense of self. They have a job that they feel grounded into. Is that the be all end all? No, but they have a multifaceted life and they're not coming at partnership from a place of, I need this thing. I just need married right now. It's more of this curiosity of this hasn't shaken out for me. You know, I look to other people, I look to their lives and some of their relationships I admire, some of them I don't. And I've had dating experiences. I've met some people. I've had some relationships. Some of it's been good. Some of it's been bad, like any human being, but this thing is sort of nagging at me. Like I, I, it's this area of my life where I don't feel a tremendous sense of agency and they want to figure it out more from a place of 
full human embodiment, really, like embodying the full human experience. And what does that mean in the realm of intimacy and love and partnership and connection? And I, it's in a really interesting time. I mean, even though the majority of women I work with are seeking long-term partnership, so much has evolved in terms of the dynamic of a partnership and a marriage and a connection and what that looks like. Uh, so yeah, so those are, that's what I do. Those are the women that I work with. And I am a coach, obviously just like you, but my coaching imbues a really strong, I always say like, I'm coming at it from three different angles, which is live coaching, a conversation, uh, written work because I'm also a writer. And so I am working with my clients to really reflect them back to themselves by way of the the written word and content and interspersing our conversations and the things we're looking at with other ways of looking at that same thing, whether it be a podcast or a book or an article or something of that nature, because you know, 95% of what we do in relationship is subconscious. We, we, we can't see it. We, we don't know what we don't know, right? So I, 95% I bring in, of what we do all the time. Yes. Subconscious. <laughs> 100%. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's what I do. So I really, I love, I love this woman who's like, yeah, I figured out a lot. There's, there's this thing. I want this thing. I very much do. I have a deep desire for it. But the rest of the dating world and how that's telling me to approach it doesn't vibe. Yeah. I love that you say you approach it three different ways because I'm the same with my nutrition coaching is I approach it mental, physical, emotional. Because if you're just approaching it one way, you're really doing a disservice. You know, you're just you're just doing the surface level, which is what most people think they want is the surface level, but then you give them what they need, which is a lot deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think anytime we go into something of this kind, the healing never looks like what we think it's going to look like. And I'm sure that's, I mean, that's a million fold for you and the work that you're doing. Uh, so yeah. So oftentimes when, when I first work with clients, what I ask them is like, what's, and I, and I work with women who are single to women who are 10 years into a marriage and not sure, should I stay or should I go? Um, and even women who are realizing how they've used, they've always been in a relationship and they've used it as a crutch. And, and what is that about? And what is singlehood like in that, that way? That was me. Really? You and I were talking, yeah, Claire and I were talking in the DMs a little bit before we got on this and she said... The, the person I don't work with, the woman I don't work with is the one that's 30. And is like, I just want to get married because I feel like it's the right thing. And that is me. Like, honestly, I got married when I was 30. And if I think about it, I knew that it wasn't the right person. While I had a lot of respect and love for him, it just felt like the next step. We had been together for so long. All, all of our friends were married with kids. And it was like, this is the next step in life. And this is what you do. And I did it because not because it felt like this is, this is 100% the right thing. It was like, this is next steps in life thinking it would get me further. And now here I am 35 divorced, which I'm, I'm so actually grateful for. I don't resent it at all because it's, it's allowed me to heal. It's allowed me to see what I needed to heal from and become who I want to be. But it's funny how I thought that decision would put me ahead in life. And actually it did the opposite because I didn't honor what I really needed. 
Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny cause I'll definitely have, I'll have clients that have, have done that very thing and then gotten divorced in a similar time frame, and, or they'll just have had a significant relationship that they thought was going to be that thing. And it didn't come to be. And I often feel like I'm like, perfect. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm your person at this point. And I, it really wasn't until, um, and I've certainly had some sort of old soul, 28 year olds who, um, I, I work with and adore, but I find that when we are in that headspace, and I'm sure you can relate to that of like, it's like anything we're conditioned to, to, to need or want in life. It's, it's very ego driven. Like we're very detached from self because we think, Oh, if I just, if I have this thing, then it will all fit together or come together. And it's often by doing that and getting like, you had to get that thing. You had to have this experience. You had to get married Mm -hmm. and in order to then crack open and be like, Oh, wait, this is hundred percent. Yeah. And that's part of the healing journey, right? I think social media views healing as this like beautiful, wonderful butterfly and rainbows thing. (laughs) It is not like you get cracked open. Like it is ugly crying. It is messy. It is everything you don't want in life. Hit your rock bottom, maybe hit another rock bottom. And then you start truly the healing process, but it's not like cracked open is such a good word because it's not sunshine and rainbows. It is what is actually going on inside and how do I start to heal that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, how, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, when, when did you realize this was the exact medicine that you needed? Like, when did you realize that maybe it was like after the divorce and the dust has settled a little bit where you like, Oh, I'm, I'm meeting me for the first time. Uh, You know, I wish it was right after my divorce, but I still had more lessons to learn. I, after my divorce, after I separated, I quickly got into another relationship with somebody that I trusted and I shouldn't have, uh, at that point, I shouldn't have gotten into a relationship, right? But mm. it was easier to try and heal somebody else that I knew was broken. It was easier to try and put my effort yep. into that than it was to try and heal myself. So I ended up getting into that relationship, putting a lot of trust and love and effort into this person. And he ended up being a really, really emotionally abusive person, which I had never dealt with before. Um, so, you know, it may have seemed naive in that situation, but I just truly had never dealt with that and didn't really realize what I was a part of until it got really bad. And I gave so much energy into that even after a separation. And that left me so empty. And, you know, so it was so clear at that point that my only option was to heal myself because I'm trying to find myself in other people. And I don't even know who Katie is. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still on that journey and I'm engaged. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm still yeah. on that journey. I'm 36 and I'm like, every day I'm like, oh, well, no, Clara, yeah. that's given. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. And I feel like the only, the muscle I've had to develop is like, how do I make that an ongoing thing? And how do yeah. I, and then how do I do it in the context of, of other people? Yeah, absolutely. So I find that, you know, the women that I talk to, I think women are comfortable opening up to me, especially about relationships or being single or being unhappy in their marriage, because I've been all of these different things. And I've also been very open and vulnerable to talk about it. 
when I was going through it, I wasn't. Now that I'm out of it, I feel very comfortable to speak about it. But I feel like nowadays it's so it's dating is so different than from when when we grew up. It's it's all online. It's all dating apps. It's superficial. It's swipe this, swipe that, based all upon true, like, truly looks. And do most women come to you like so sick of dating apps and not even knowing where to begin? There's definitely a lot of burnout around them. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the interesting thing is that I, I sort of fell, I asked backwards, if you will, into this work. Like I wasn't, I didn't wake up one day and was like, I want to be a dating coach. Like I, I, um, I mean, our, right. Our mess becomes our message. And so relationships were definitely something that I needed to work on within myself. But the reason I bring that up in this context is because, it was back in 2014 when I say I really began my adult dating journey because I hadn't really dated as a teen or in college. It was that whole, I don't know, you just kind of fall into people, <laughs> if you will. And, um, and so I'd never dated as an adult. And I, it was my first foray into dating apps. And I, even at that time, 2014, which was the better part of eight years ago at this point, um, people were, st- were pretty burnt out. Now it's so, it's so magnified. It's um, so burned out. So what happened was, is that I, I went on a few of these dates and I was like, this is, this is, this is not efficient. And also like, I, I felt like we were, I was looking, I'm, I'm, have a background in philosophy. Like it's just kind of how I look at the world. And so I was like, this is really interesting. We've never had more resources like apps and tips and content and books and, and guru, you know, information that's supposed to serve us and make this easier. And yet people have never been more miserable. And I looked at that dichotomy and I was like, that's, that's really curious to me. And simultaneously I was working in New York city at the time. Um, and I was, I lived on the Upper East Side. I worked at Connie Nast, which was uh, all the way at the bottom in the financial district of Manhattan. And I was like, all day long, I ride this subway, four, five, six train up and down, up and down. And all day long, I'm seeing individuals who I'm drawn to. Now, I don't know if they're married or coupled or gay or straight or whatever, but I'm, I'm seeing these folks and I, there has to be a way for me to integrate this experience into meeting new people but I'm terrified. Like I knew that the end of this idea, I wasn't like, I'm just going to walk up to someone on the subway. Like I sure as shit wasn't going to do that, but I could feel very acutely. I was like the only thing standing between me and making this a reality is my fear. Now the fear was like gargantuan. Absolutely. I was like, I think in New York. (laughs) Oh yeah. I was like, I don't think I'll die, but I might come pretty close. Like maybe I'll have a panic attack and, and then, and just pass out or something. So to me that, but, but I, I still, and I'm sure you've had this where you're like, I really want something. And I know the only thing holding me back is fear. And I also think, and I can say this in retrospect, like I had an eating disorder at the time. I had anxiety issues. Like I had so much that I needed to work on within myself. And I think that putting myself out there in this way was some type of catalyst that forced me to, to look at all those things simultaneously. But what, what actually ended up happening was I had this idea of, I want to meet someone in person. And it took me like a year to get over the fear. I mean, I had so many false starts where I would like kind of make eyes at someone on the subway and then they would look back at me and I would be like, Oh, oh like, what do I do? 
Um, so it was God uh, one day in 2015 and I was sitting in a cafe and I saw this guy reading something and this has obviously changed a bit because of the pandemic, but yes and no. I mean, <laughs> I, God willing, we're coming out of this thing. Um, I saw this guy reading something and I was so sick of my own shit. Like I didn't even care if he was, if he was interested, if I, if I, if he was involved with someone, I just, didn't matter. Like, he, it didn't matter. I was like, I don't even care if I get the date. I was like, if he leaves this restaurant and I don't say something like, I'm just so over this runaround in my head. And so I asked him what I was reading or what he was reading. And a long story short, he asked for my number. We dated for five months. Was it this perfect relationship? No, it served up the next thing that I needed to work on within myself. But I share that experience because it was in that moment that the agency shifted. And, and so I guess with the apps, like, yes, I, I do a lot of work on the apps with people. And what I really work to help them do is navigate the, the emotional challenges and difficulty and that, that, that come up simply because of this tool that we've used to interact with one another that has made it so we treat each other pretty poorly. Um, so I feel like I'm coaching women on, yeah, don't take it personally when someone does such and such because that's a product of, you know, so, so yes, I work with people on the apps, but I also don't see, I think when I don't see dating just within this lens of like, everything's online now. I have had people meet people in person. Um, and if we go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I love that you are sort of touching on that. Cause that was one thing that I wanted to ask you about is that I, even me personally, I've never been on a dating app once because I've always been in a relationship until this part yeah. of my life. And I have, I'm not really ready or open to, um, to that yet. And I don't even know if that's what I want. I, I in my head, I'm going to meet somebody at a cafe, at a coffee shop. I just, for me, I don't, I don't align with the online dating. Not that I, I mean, that's how so many of my friends have met their partners doing that way. I don't it's judge how it. I met my husband or my husband. Did it. Yeah. Yeah. Is totally. it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that was one of my questions for you is, do you still meet people in person? Because it seems like everybody is on the app. They're exhausted from the apps, from Tinder, from Bumble, from Hinge. I don't even know all of the other ones. And you're right. They treat people poorly on it. I, I find that it, it almost drives this like self-worth issue where they're like, well, are they still on or are they, you know, they're talking to tons of people on it. You're basing people like solely off the way they look in the first conversation that you have. Yes. So, you know, when you were talking, it made me think a lot about, and I'm sure this comes up in your, in your work or what you're working with people on is intuitive eating. And, and, and along with, and feel free to like, correct me on terminology because I'm not, no, <laughs> I'm not, very but it's like, right. Like, I don't need to tell, like, I know for myself and I'm sure this is what you, a portion of the work you do with women, where it's like, once you feel into a diet, a way of eating and a way of moving, like once I I'm tall and I, I, maybe I have the body of the runner. I don't know. I felt for like most of my life, I was supposed to be running. I hate running. And once I decided that I didn't need to run and I just leaned into like the exercises that felt really good for me, then exercise didn't become an issue. I'm simplifying things. But the reason I bring up that intuitive element is I think the same is true of dating, 
but we're very much met like, like it's this cacophony and it's the same thing. I think about diet too. Like I was paleo for at one point and vegan and then other things. I mean, when I was paleo, it was like, I was like the least healthy. My body was like, please, (laughs) this is like too much, too much rough kale, please eat a grain. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so right. We have all this information coming at us about what the right way is and how it's supposed to be. And in that moment of dating in person, but I'll also get to like the app dating that I've done, what I was really doing was listening to myself and validating my own voice. And so I think when it comes to, and, and take it out of the context for like, for those, if you're, if you're listening and you're thinking about this, separate it from the avenues first and, and simply entertain the thought, like, what is my idea or feeling around dating if I didn't relegate myself to the apps or if the apps weren't the only option for me and just notice what comes up. Like maybe you have a thought like, well, but they are, how else would I meet someone? Okay. Why? Like, tell me, you know, explore, explore that. So I think it's starting with this intuitive piece around if I gave myself permission here, like what, what feels right to me? Like oftentimes I'll do this with clients where they're like, you know, well, every, they're constantly listening to, to podcasts and, and content and listen, I get it. I love it. Like I do the same thing where they're looking for someone else to tell them how and, or tell them what the solution is right now. And what ends up happening is it muddy is it, 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 it it's like murky, this, this, in, this voice, this, this internal knowing of what, what is right for, for you. And so like when a client, I just had someone yesterday where it was like, she's like, yeah, I'm going on these dates. Everything kind of feels like, it's like, I'm talking to a wall, you know, it's like, the, I'm not really connecting. It's not really that in- interesting. And so I always, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always looking to, I'm like the surface level answer to that is like, Oh, men are bad or dumb, or there are no good options left or like whatever. Everybody has their own permutation of, yeah. of that knee-jerk it's, reaction. What were you going to say? I was going to say it's always the other person, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. So instead in that moment, I'm really looking at like what, what's happening on her side of the fence that's creating this reality. And it happened to be a huge disconnection from, from self. And so I don't know, I guess I, I feel like I'm like gone off on the tangent of your question, but I don't think the apps are, they are a thing to learn to manage having, I, I used to run an app based business. I ran a fitness app. So I know well, like when you're running a subscriber based business, which these tools are how, what then the, the experience is for the person. Yeah. And there is so much emotional gymnastics and legwork that has to be done on not taking the algorithm personally. And, and for that, I say that, gosh, yeah, dating is hard these days. Like that, the, what you have to be able to step outside of and overcome is, is hard. Um, but I also don't think we just have to meet people on the apps these days. Yeah. 
I, I think it depends on, I think you should, again, just like you said, you need to follow what really feels right. You know, for me, it would have been easy to go from that other relationship right into a dating app for, um, solely for entertainment or for distraction from what I really needed to truly, truly work on. And I feel like yes. emotional gymnastics is such a good way to put it because from every woman I talk to that has these experiences, that's how they feel. Um, but I, I want to, ask you this question and I'm wondering sort of your take on it because I feel, and I know I say this, I I guess I shouldn't say women because I was in that same scenario where after I separated from my husband, I got into a relationship that I knew wasn't right. And I knew it wasn't Mm. for me, but I wanted it to work. Right. Cause I didn't want something to fail again. And I wanted him to change, to be the person I wanted him to be. And I see it often just with women I talk Mm. to, because in my one-on-one coaching, it's so much more than just nutrition and fitness. It's what's really going on. You know, what are the emotions? Those are the surface level out. Yeah. 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 There's emotions that are controlling our habits and behaviors. There are things going on that are triggering other things. So I dive deeper into that as well. And a lot of times it's, they want relationships to work out so bad, or they're forcing it. Or if I wish they just would have said this, or I wish they would have said that they try and control the other person's behavior. And I don't think this is just with dating. I think this is with, with, well, you're in a relationship too, in a partnership and a marriage, you want somebody to be someone else and you hold on to that for so long. Yeah. 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 I read something or heard something a few weeks ago that was like, if you, it it was something like, if you're looking to make someone exactly like you or change you into the person that you want them to be, you're not looking for a relationship. Yeah. And what's rooted in, like, I think back on past partners or even at when my current, my fiance, James, like he'll, I'll observe in myself if I'm frustrated by something he's doing and I want him to do it differently, or I want him to do something that he's not doing. I'm like, no, that could be, and I'm not talking about an example of like, he's not helping me with something and I need his help. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a way he would approach something versus the way I would approach something. And why I I stop myself. Sometimes I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no perfect human being here. Uh, sometimes like shitty things come out of my mouth and vice it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually about something in, I'm trying to think. So like, okay, if I want him, if I have a thought or a feeling like he watches too much TV on a Saturday, like he's, he, he should be doing more with a Saturday. Now the Clara of like 28 year old Clara would think that about their partner and like loathe and seethe and like passive aggressive digs for the rest of the day. But now I realize when he's relaxing on a Saturday and it's rubbing me the wrong way, it's my own shit of you don't feel like you can relax because you're, there's too much to do. And the fact that he's giving himself permission to do that is what's bothering you. Makes you resentful. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not this, like, because we have, like, I, we've worked to have an extremely equal partnership. I don't, I'm not the only one dealing with household stuff or chores or whatever. Like it's not, you know, if shit needs to get done, it's like, what's happening is he's doing all that stuff. And then he's like, let me go sit on the couch. And, (laughs) and I'm like, like, I can't relate. (laughs) I know. And here I am just trying to like, relax, just right. So So the way I'm looking to change him usually says something about me. 
what's being triggered inside of you. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's a powerful conversation to have with yourself. Even I've even noticed that in conversations with clients or with friends, I think as you get older and you become very intentional with, with yourself and your own feelings and your emotions, you start to look at things different as not what they did, but actually what is triggered inside me, what that is making me feel this way. Yeah. And look, it is not like rainbows. I'm not like, I don't feel that. And then I'm like, Oh, this is just my, okay, fine. I'm like, Oh, let me go put my feet up. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's like, it's, it's really, um, I mean, this is, this is the work of, of relationships and, um, and it's, it's hard. (laughs) I mean, they, it's hard to have a mirror around you constantly, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to transition into a question because you're not just a dating coach, you're a relationship coach. And I think there are a lot of women in relationships and marriages that are very, very unhappy. And do they come to you and are they trying to figure out if this relationship is right for them? Or I guess if you're dealing with a, you know, I know I have so many friends that are married, they have kids and what if they're unhappy? Where do they, where do they start or where do you start with them? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's so, you know, it's interesting because I started that work last year and I had primarily been working with women who were single and seeking relationship. And when it first started, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if this is in my wheelhouse or I don't know how I'm going to approach this. And what I learned in the process, cause I actually had one woman that was so, she came to me and she uh, she was 10 years into a marriage and trying to decide what to do. Two children. So similar picture to what you're describing. And when I first spoke with her, I was like, I'm not sure I'm the right fit for you. And she was like, oh no, you are. And I, and I was like, okay, you know, let's, and, and that must've been some, I think that was some sort of like eye opener from the universe because one, it was a tremendously successful working relationship. But two, what I really learned in that process is that the work is the same. So um, it's, it's to a, a the decision-making is different when, and what you're considering is different when you're, you know, 28 or 32 and dating someone and you're like, where is this relationship going versus I built a life with this person and we have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, but what I had her and what I bring those women through is the feelings you're having right now started way back here, started way in the past. So the experience you're having of this person and the relationship, the nature of your relationship is a product of, I often refer to it as our intimacy blueprinting. So like I, I think my, the the way I structure my work, maybe it's just because I like to operate in threes, but I feel that there are three things that make up the nature of our romantic life, whether we're single, dating, married, whatever the manifestation is. And the three things are relationship to self, our relationship to the external world and current environment. And then what I call our intimacy blueprinting, which is just my terminology for however we were wired and conditioned around love from like ages zero to eight. So that subconscious piece that we were talking about. And so when a, a woman, I, I, I'm never the one 
to say, because it's not my decision, you should stay or you should go. What you don't want is someone that's like, Katie, just tell me exactly what to eat so I can lose the 20 pounds. Give me a meal plan. It's like, no, that's, yeah, yeah. We got to find what actually works for you in real life. Yeah. And you need to be a participant and a co-creator in this. Otherwise, so I, I always start those, those, uh, conversations and, and those partnerships with women at saying like, we we're we're taking the focus away from like, do I stay or do I go? Because if we live in a state of every day, like, yes, no, yeah. Like we won't get anywhere. We have to understand what brought you here now. And in that way, it's, it's, the, it's the same sort of foundational work that you're doing. If you're 37 and single and have never, you know, don't really connect with anyone. So, um, yeah, I don't know the answer to your question. Yeah, no, 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 it did. It did. I think it's just like, where, where do you feel like women should start if they're feeling like that? If they're feeling mm-hmm. unhappy in a relationship or if they're feeling burned out from online dating websites, they're not feeling worthy. They don't, they feel stuck. Like, where do you think is a good place for them to start or like tangible tools that they can really take to dive into that? Mm-hmm. So this might be my version of it, but I feel like it might relate to your people and I'll, it's, but it builds up to another framework. So the first thing I would say is go work out, do some type of movement, whether that's a walk or a spin class, or for me, it would be hot yoga and get yourself out of your head and get into your body. Yeah. And movement is like, medicine. Yeah. Do that. And then from there, grab your coffee, like do this outside of your home, grab your coffee or your juice or whatever it may be. And go somewhere, be it your car or a cafe, wherever you feel comfortable and take out, I'm looking to my journal, (laughs) take out a pen and a piece of paper or a journal, put your phone on silent and sit with yourself and start with the question of what's coming up for me right now. And then write everything that comes up. And then, um, I mean, I can give some questions here, but I generally find when people do this, the intuitive questions come up. So if you're, let's say you're in a marriage and you're unhappy and you're like, mostly you've just been quelling those feelings. Things should be simple. So questions like, what am I unhappy about? What have I been running from? What am I afraid of? What am I hiding? What am I not looking at within myself? What am I denying that I'm feeling? Um, That type of thing. Those in the are realm of powerful questions. They're simple. Yeah. They're really, and, and that's, thank you. And <laughs> that's why, like, I mean, we want to get at the, the truth. And when, when you're oftentimes when we're in a situation, whether we are abysmally single and feel like, we're, we're never going to connect with someone or we're in this marriage and we're like, what the fuck do I do? It, one of the, the, the scariest things can be to look square in the face at what we're actually feeling. Yeah. And be with that. And the reason I say, go nourish your body first and then go take your place yourself to a place that feels cozy and comfortable. is like, you know, you want to, you want to pad yourself with something like intentionally get a beverage that feels 
really good intentionally. Mm. Um, that's, that's why I have women write. And it's a whole thing to have someone hold you accountable and ask certain questions, but it's because you're, you're coming into your own wisdom. So that the, mm. generally I find what the words that come up on the page don't lie. One thing that I love that you said is sit with yourself and turn your phone on silent. And I think one of the things I always say with my clients is awareness precedes change, right? If we're aware of something, if we understand how we're feeling, then we have the opportunity to change it. But most of the time we're not aware. We live in a world full of distractions. We're not feeling good. We're not feeling worthy enough. We sign on an app. We see who we matched with. You know, we get like the, the little bit of excitement, the little dopamine hits. Or if we're unhappy in a relationship or at home, it's online shopping or buying something for the yep. house or putting on a screen or a movie or having a cheat meal. You know, we have all of these opportunities for distraction that give us little dopamine hits, but then we're yes. left just feeling completely empty. And it's really taking back. It's one thing that I've learned to lean into is sitting in the silence. I no longer have music on all the time when I'm driving or a podcast. A lot of my walks now are in silent with, well, I have Tucker with me, but sitting in silence and yeah. really just being with myself has, has caused the most change and has caused the most healing. I love what you, when you were describing the kind of the crutches that we reach for, but I had this thought and this applies to whether you're married or single. Um, but I thought of it too, with the single piece of things where it's like, it's very, you go on and someone's liked you and then you're like, Oh my God. Okay. I feel good. And then they don't message you back. And it's, if it's like up and down, up and down, like if, if you find that your emotional state is so erratic and varied, then like that is, there's something within yourself that you're not, not looking at. And and I would say, especially from a dating perspective, if you, if your experience of, if your emotional state is so erratic around the experience of dating, because I can tell you as like a dating coach and as someone who has dated in person, dated online, dated tons of people and had terrible situations and great ones and whatever, and met my fiance online, like I am not, um, I still had the people that ghosted and said weird things and treated me like shit. I'm, I'm not, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like benign to that or like yeah. th that it's not, it's, it was, it's purely my emotional reaction to it and the way that I view it and how I, I view myself. And so um, it's usually those people too, that are, have the hardest time. When I say, I tell a lot of my clients, I'm like, we're taking a break. You're not dating. We're taking a break. And I don't want you to just like log out of the apps. Like I want those things deleted from your phone. It's those people who most need to take the walk without yeah. music or podcast to go to the yoga class and, or go to the work, whatever it may be. And just, you just sit. What I think is so cool about the work that you do is you would think you would hire a dating or relationship coach for somebody, again, to tell you what to do, to figure it out for you, to help you find their perfect match. But what you actually do is you help them find their self, which helps them find their perfect match. Yeah. Because when you're able to stand into your power, you're able to make way better decisions. You understand whether somebody's for you, whether somebody's not for you. I would never in a million years go back to my ex that I was just with. It, it, six months ago, would I have? Yeah. Because I hadn't yeah. leaned into myself. I hadn't done the work. Now, wouldn't even be a thought in my mind. Yeah. And I, you know, 
because I've had my own journey with food, I can very much, and I know that's in the context of what we're talking about. Like, I know that my ability to not think about like obsess over my breakfast in a way that I used to, or worry that I'll only have 30 minutes to work out today or no time versus like an hour that I really wanted is, is the same thing as if, if my, my partner and I have some type of like tiff in the morning and where, where that used to just rock me completely. Like we even just had one this morning. It's funny. Like we'd have one this morning. I completely forgot about it. Whereas like, but the, it just stays so much more even keeled, but that's, that's me. That's my own nervous system. That's not because it was like, oh, I found this needle in the haystack of a perfect partner or, oh, like, you know, I just, I figured out the exact meals that work for me. No. Like, I mean, yes. Do I always adhere to it? No, <laughs> but the, yeah. the, it's my, it's, it's my relationship with, with all of it. And, you know, I have to say, and I've only known you for a little bit, Katie, but I, I think often about as I've watched your Instagram stories or learned about you and, and seen what you do and think about that in the context of this like horrific moving situation that you've going gone through. Yeah. And I'm like, that girl has one primed nervous system that she is tended to. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm not saying yeah. it looks at all like easy street, but I'm like, for her to be able to make these Instagram reels that make me like want to pee my pants with laughter. Um, and then also do what she does. And then, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, she's doing something to care for herself. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I was talking to my mom the other day and I thought like, I can't, I love your mom. I love your mom. She's the best. Um, she, we're, we're probably going to record another podcast episode, which is exciting, but she, um, I was just telling her, like, I can't imagine if I was still healing my relationship with food and with my body, if I was still obsessively dieting, if I was doing all those things, I can't imagine what the situation I'd be in right now. And even in, if I, if I had, hadn't healed my relationship with finding who I am and finding my worth as a woman, where I would be at right now, because it is such an empty feeling. Like I've come here and it's everything has been stripped away from me, right? Every bit of safety, every bit of comfort, the universe was like, no, we're going to actually learn how to find that in yourself. And trust me, this has not been sunshine and rainbows. There has been ugly crying on the carpet, on the floor, like multiple, multiple times, but it's allowed, like I'm in a situation now where I can lean into it and be like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling triggered? Because I came to Colorado still a little bit heartbroken, right? And trying to figure all that out. And, and I really, I always try and go to this has happened for me, but I'm so grateful for the work that I've done because this, I, I, I'd be in Michigan right now. And I'd probably be an absolute mess. The most unstable person trying to just distract myself with things around me at 35, where now most people from the outside would look at it and be like, gosh, you're, you're in an empty apartment in Colorado and you're 35. Like, don't you want to sort of get on with your life? But I also feel more happy and more fulfilled than I ever had. And it's not caring what other people think. And knowing that like, I, I did a reel on Valentine's Day or a IGTV. I said, this is the most alone I've ever been physically and with my surroundings and in a city where I don't know anybody, but it's the most fulfilled I've ever felt with who I am and with my journey. And that was really powerful for me. Mm, I love it. I love, I love it. I mean, I can just hear how true 
that yeah. and I think that's what I'm picking up on and resonating and why when I when I observe your content and even just speak to you when we, when I was chatting with you before via like the Instagram recording or whatever. And I was like, I just love your voice. <laughs> so but truly like you have this vibrancy to you that is just infectious, like Uh-oh. really. So, um, yeah, I th- yeah, it feels like such a gift. I think that's why I connected with you so much and why I wanted to bring you on because I thought this you are what I needed when I was 30, right? When I was 32 and I just didn't know it existed. And in the way you approach things from a, I want to heal this person. I want to get them feeling whole with themselves instead of, you know, I think people think dating coaches find the perfect match for you and you don't, you show women who they are in a relationship and dating outside of that. And I think that's why the biggest reason I wanted to bring you on, because I just think it's the work you do like it's so important. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it delights me when people say to me, like, you're different. This is different. I don't, I don't want interested in dating coaches or I'm not interested like this. I've had been turned off to this, but what you're saying is different. And, you know, I, I, I love my partner, but I don't need him and he loves me, but he doesn't need me. We, we need ourselves and we choose each other. And that's like, what the relationship is, is built on, but there is not some element I'm looking for in him to fill me and vice versa. And I, I I want women to feel liberated in their relationships if they choose to have them because like, there's so much else they want to do with the rest of their lives. Like so much else. So yeah, no, thank you. This has been like such a delight. Yes. Okay. So you're on crying burns calories podcast. So I want to ask you a couple of questions before we tell everybody where they can find you. Um, so number one, what is the, what is the thing that is most likely to make you cry? Oh my God. I mean, what is not, I'm like (laughs) fucking waterworks. I'm, I, I, (laughs) Oh God. I mean, what is the most likely to make me cry? I'm very just easily moved by uh, just like genuine, thoughtful acts. So it could be something like that in a television commercial, (laughs) or it could be just like my dogs do something. And I'm like, gosh, they just, they're so sweet. And it's like, you know what, Clary, no one, no one needs tears right now. This is not. (laughs) I love it. Something like that. And then my next question is when you are crying, what is, what are you most likely to reach to? Like what's your comfort food when you're crying? Oh God. Well, as of late, it's like, I've recently discovered the good and gather line from uh, target and they have these never, chocolate- never heard of it. Okay. Well, just get yourself to target and then be <laughs> under the aisles and you can text me from there and be like, Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it, they have these chocolate covered peanut butter filled pretzels. I'm a salty sweet gal. So that's my jam. Um, and then all, but also like cereal, like classic cereal, like a, like just like a, I don't know, rice krispies or like, Oh, peanut butter puffins. That's a big one. It's not that classic, but something with some crunch clearly. Yeah. Um, and I, I love sugar. I, I, I absolutely love sugar. So yeah, I love owning, that you can embrace that. Owning now, like, that has been a, has been a big part of my healing. <laughs> yeah. 
for sure. Where where before we wouldn't eat carrots because we thought they had too much sugar in them. Oh, <laughs> now it's yeah. like we're we're embracing it all. So amazing. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. So um, Instagram per usual is easiest. It's um, my handle is at Clara Persis, C-L-A-R-A-P-E-R-S-I-S. That's my middle name. I have yet to change it to my last name slash, I don't know, you know, constant journey. Um, And that's where you can find, I post a ton of free content. Um, Most people learn, they get so much from my writing and the podcast interviews I've done. So that's a great way to tap in. And then I have links to all my coaching programs and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, that's, that's the best place. Amazing. Well, I will link all that below for everybody. And Claire, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like this podcast, leave me a review and share it with any women in your life that you think need to hear it. If you don't already follow me, go over to Instagram, search Conditioned by Katie. Make sure you follow me. You're part of this community. If you're interested in working with me, look, I have so many different ways you can work with me from one-on-one coaching to small group to master classes that I host and everything in between. The best way you can find out what's going on in the Conditioned by Katie world is to either follow me on Instagram or sign up for my newsletter on my website. That's going to give you all the updated info and a lot of other fun things every single week. But look, I'm just so happy you're here. I'm happy you're part of this community. Keep showing up, keep growing with me and keep being you.